Welcome to Let's Talk Mental Health. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and the guests on this show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Again, thank you for listening to Let's Talk Mental Health. unexpected first year of a new decade. From the pandemic striking us and killing millions, to the unjust, unethical, unlawful killings of Black Americans, to the riots. 2020 has caused turmoil, difficulties, stress, and overwhelming feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, and loneliness. How do we move forward How do we as a country, as a nation, as a world move forward from a year that has struck everyone out of nowhere and put us into a hole that seems like we will never be able to get out of? We've all at one point in our lives have been through hardships, stressors, overwhelming thoughts of certain things, triggers, and really this year has not been something to help anyone who has anxiety panic attacks, depression, or any kind of mental illness. This year has sort of increased the symptoms and the issues going on with anxiety, mental illness, depression, isolation. And we wanted to try to curve it and figure out what we can do now to move forward. Well, part of that is ending the mental health stigma. Ending the societal norms on mental health, saying that mental health is just in our heads or that you're quote unquote just crazy and to get over it. Or why don't you just smile or why don't you just stop? What does that mean? Just smile or just stop? If you are depressed or if you have a mental illness, it's not as easy as flipping a switch and saying, oh, you know what? I never thought about that. I'm just going to smile. Oh my gosh, I am so happy now. That's not how mental illness works. And not a lot of people understand that. So it's really stopping that stigma of mental illness. Recovering from 2020 is going to be difficult. We're going to need extra resources in mental health. We're going to need extra guidance, extra treatment, extra counselors, and extra goals to try to get us to where we need to be as a country, as a nation, and really as an individual. We're ending 2020. Now, some say, well, what's going to happen when December 31st happens, and then December 31st turns into December 32nd? (laughs) I have no idea if that does happen. That's going to be super scary, but knowing how this year has turned out, Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if there's going to be a December 32nd and we're never going to make it into 2021. I'm just kidding, guys. We're definitely going to make it into 2021. It's going to happen. The year is going to turn. But that doesn't mean that 2020 is going to be left behind. We're going to go into 2021 with 2020 still on us. You know, it's not just going into a new year and everything is done and over with. It's 
now we have to figure out and uh, getting forward, you know, moving forward and where we go. And like I said before, providing extra mental health treatment, extra mental health services. And I don't know if y'all have heard of this great crisis text line that's out there. The number is 741741. And all you have to do is get on your phone, type in 741741, and just text them hello. And they'll come back with trained crisis counselors on the other end to text you back and forth and see how you're doing. It's a super simple free of charge service available to the United States and I think other countries. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I have to fact check that, but I am sure for a fact that it is in the United States of America to be used. Fact check, guys. So the crisis text line is in the U.S. and Canada, texting 741741. It is in the U.K. with a text of 85258, and it's also in Ireland with a text of 50808. I did just fact check this on crisistextline.org. It is free 24-7 support at your fingertips. Now let me bring you back to your regularly scheduled programming. Thanks for the fact check, guys. I want to move into talking more a little bit about depression and going into some of the facts about depression and how depression has impacted the United States. Depression affects over 18 million adults. That's one in 10 in any given year. And it's also the primary reason why someone dies of suicide every 12 minutes, over 41,000 people a year. And if we compare that, homicide claims less than 16,000 lives each year. And that's according to the CDC statistics. So how can we end the mental health stigma? Well, one, know the facts about mental health. First, educate yourself about mental illness. And mental illness also includes substance use disorders. So educate yourself with the substance use disorders and the mental illness symptoms. They have mental health first aid trainings across the country that can help you recognize when someone is going into a mental health crisis, recognizing the symptoms of those, and when to seek out the help. Also, be aware of your own attitudes and behaviors. Guys, we have to examine our own judgmental thinking that's been reinforced by upbringing in our society. The mental health stigma is telling society to look down on people that have a mental illness. It is telling us to cast them out it's telling us that mental illness isn't real, and it's telling us that mental illness doesn't matter. Think about generations before us when mental health was not a big boom. Think about before a lot of mental health research was out, when someone thought that they wanted to harm themselves or something was going on with their head. They were put in an insane asylum. They used electroconvulsive therapy on these patients to try to heal them. But that doesn't help a lot. There's no research that states that we should just put someone in a mental asylum because they're quote unquote crazy. Mental illness does not make someone crazy. Mental illness is something that affects the brain chemistry and something that really takes an impact on a person's daily life. Also, choose your words carefully. 
The way we speak can affect the attitudes of others. If I'm walking down the street and someone accidentally bumps me, I'm not, I don't want to go curse them out. They could be having a bad day. They could be doing something, something else could be on their mind. They might have just had some very tragic news. Just say, just they say sorry, say thank you. You know, I'm sorry as well. Maybe I should have been paying attention, guys. The way we speak, guy, affects the attitude of others. And then pass on facts and positive attitudes. Challenge the myths and stereotypes out there about mental illness and substance use. Focus on the positivity. Mental illness, which includes addictions, are only part of anyone's larger picture. A mental illness does not define who someone is. Just because you have depression, it does not define you. There is something larger in that picture. That person is larger than just the depression that affects them. That person has a backstory, a history, a life. And labeling them as a depressed person, a major depressive disorder, a manic person, that doesn't do them justice. We don't know their backstory. Support everyone. Treat everyone with dignity and respect. Offer support and encouragement if someone comes to you and tells you that they are suffering with a mental illness, if they are suffering from isolation, depression, or anxiety. Open your arms to them and listen to them. Help them find resources. Maybe you know of resources that you can show them of. Take them to those resource places. Take them to a clinic. Take them to the emergency room. Give them those resources. And also, include everyone. It's against the law, guys, to deny jobs or services to anyone with these health issues. Just because you might have depression or just because you might have a mental health issue, someone cannot deny you a position in that company. So realize that we have to include everyone. As said before, mental illness does not define us and never will it define us. And guys, I want to take a real quick jump into the new Texas Social Work Board ethics that they have decided to revamp and talk a little bit about that. I know I'm going off sidetrack, but I felt like this was such an important topic to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that real quick. I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on it. Again, it's just my thoughts and opinions, so don't take it as facts. There are some facts in there. Um, some of it, which was stated by the NASW CEO and the CSC, uh, oh my goodness, I cannot speak today. The CSWE, which is the Council of Social Work Education, has something to say about it too. I'm going to give some uh, direct quotes in there as well. So let's go ahead and dive into that real quick. So if you follow any of the Texas laws or any of the social work uh, code of ethics right now, there's a big controversy in Texas right now. There was a change that happened October 12th requested by the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, without any public comment, which creates significant barriers to mental health and social care services. So what happened was Governor Abbott told the Texas Board of Social Work um, to eliminate a rule of prohibiting social workers from discriminating against clients based on clients' sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, or disability. 
What more can happen in 2020 now that in Texas, social workers can deny seeing people for their sexual orientation, gender identity, expression, or even a disability? What is going on that is making us think that this is right, that this is okay at all? The, the Social Worker Code of Ethics specifically state that we are there to advocate and be a voice for people who have disabilities or who are vulnerable or who can't advocate for themselves. So now the Texas governor is basically just saying, no, we can't do that. Guys, Angelo McLean, who is the CEO of NASW, which is the National Association of Social Workers, said that eliminating this rule is a stealth attempt to stifle progress toward full equality and minimizes the leadership social workers have demonstrated in advancing social justice. For the past decade, social workers have, have advocated for such social justice, and now it's just taking a step back because the governor of Texas wants to do something like this. It's not okay. This, this code, this rule was adopted in 2012 without any objection by the governor. And it needs to be restored immediately. It, it, it's basically just being able to discriminate against LGBTQI community as well as people with disabilities. And it's just not something that should be acceptable in the social work field. This is a huge step back for mental health if Texas decides not to change this. If the board of social work over there decides not to change it, Social workers have just stepped back decades because of this. So we need to stand with the Texas social workers and also realize that social workers are educated to recognize, reject, and resolve discriminatory practices and ensure that any person has access to critical mental and physical health services. The CSWE president and the CEO Darla Spence Coffee said that the CSWE is a council of social work education if you don't know that. But high proportions of LGBTQ individuals and people with disabilities, they're experiencing challenges in mental health, including depression and anxiety. And so now we just put this major roadblock in their lives for them not to be able to seek help. For what? There's no reason to do that. I think that this was a horrible decision on Governor Abbott's part. I think that this was not justified. I think this is unethical. And for the Texas Social Work Board to revoke this and tell social workers that they have the right to discriminate is against all social work education, all social work ethics, and mental health ethics in general. Even for counselors, it just doesn't make any sense to discriminate against it just because a law states so. We have code of ethics in place for a reason. Use them. Don't be dumb about this decision. Don't make 2020 any worse. So this comment about the social work board of the Texas regulations was recorded before yesterday, which was October 27th, guys, the Texas regular, regulatory board, they reinstated the protections that bar social workers from refusing services to LGBTQ people and people with disabilities. So the Texas Behavioral Health Executive Council, or otherwise known as BHEC, on Tuesday, October 27th, they reversed an October 12th decision made by the Texas State Board of Social Work Examiners, which originally had stripped language from its code of conduct that protected clients from being turned away on their basis of sexual orientation, 
gender identity or disability. Now, the governor of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, just got to state that in there because everything's politics these days, but besides the point, he recommended that the board remove the non-discrimination language, basically stating that it went beyond the state's current policy. There was a big boom in social work advocacy. Over 24,000 people had signed its online petition protesting the decision to remove the protections. 24,000 people had signed that. That is amazing. We all came together to recognize that this was not right. This is a big win for advocacy, the board, and for non-discrimination. That was stated by the association's executive director, Will Francis. But he also said, this is still Texas, and there are not underlying protections for LGBTQ persons. So had these non-discrimination protections been stripped away, that really would have left people vulnerable. And he is saying that we need legislation to assure that there is protection. We have to protect everybody, the vulnerable, the ones who can't advocate for themselves. We have to protect the fragile. Because if we don't, they're just going to get ran over. So the October 12th vote and rule did harm mental health and many of the well-beings in the LGBTQ and disabled people across Texas. However, because of advocacy, because of people who care about mental health and care about other people, that was overturned. So the previous statement I made about what happened, that was now overturned. I wanted to give you all that great update that uh, the Texas Board of Health Examiners, the Executive Council, social workers, all decided that this was not good for the Texas mental health nor for the community. And finally, thank you for joining the first episode of Let's Talk Mental Health. Unfortunately, we are saddened because we were not able to get a guest on our show for this week. However, just know the rest of this year we are booked out with guests. We are so excited to have different guests just join us. We're going to be talking about mental health fitness. We are going to be talking about certain trainings that are available. We're going to be talking about therapists who have first-handedly seen the devastation of how not getting mental health treatment has affected communities. So we are looking forward to a great rest of the year. I know that 2020 is still hard on everyone. Keep your head up. Keep moving forward. Just know you are loved. You are worth it. You are worthy. And you are needed in this world. Have a great rest of your week. Mm -hmm.